Ladies and gentlemen, my guest at this time is the poisoned youth, Robert Martyr. Martyr, how you doing today, brother? Good, 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 good. Uh, very sore, very tired, but ready to do this interview, like I say every time. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, I first find out about you through uh, GSW. That's how I've been, like, privy to a whole mechacosm of talent. I'm like, all right, so who is this guy? And I just I start watching your stuff. I'm like, okay, it's really a lot of the catch-as-catch-can style of wrestling and and whatnot. Um, we're going to get into all of that, but uh, just first off, uh, so – Start getting into wrestling. Your grandma, she uh, she got you into it. Yeah, that's funny that you you know that because usually most people don't research me. But yeah, uh, my grandma uh, got me into it. She was a tape trader back in the day. What? Yeah, my grandma tape traded with a lot of people in Mexico. So that's why, because she had homies down there, I guess. I don't know the story, but she tape traded. So there would be like, when I was a kid, my first re- people that I saw wrestling wasn't John Cena. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Randy Orton or Triple H or Undertaker or any of the, like, I didn't know what WWE was until I was like eight or nine. So I, I, my, my first knowledge of wrestling was uh triple A or CMLL. That was uh, what I thought wrestling was real. Okay. That, yeah. So I didn't know what the fuck WWE was. I'd had no concept of what that was. Um, and but I knew who Rey Mysterio was because he was on AAA. Yeah. So I knew who Rey Mysterio was. Um, funny enough, when I saw Rey Mysterio as the world heavyweight champion, I was like, "That that's funny." There was a guy in Mexico named Rey Mysterio. That's that's pretty funny. <laughs> but he was Rey Mysterio Jr. So I didn't I didn't I thought he was I thought the dude was on TV was the son of or no or yeah no I thought the dude on TV was the dad. Of of who I saw in like 1992 AAA, but yeah, like my first the per- first wrestler I ever laid my eyes on was La Parka. That was the first wrestler I ever saw in my life. And my mom, my mom, my grandma had a 1992 AAA tapes. It was I remember the match. It was Lismark, La Parka. I want to say El Dandy versus Psychosis, Rey Mysterio, and Eddie Guerrero. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. From- or uh, that's how I knew Eddie, who Eddie Guerrero was because he was tagging with Art Bar as Los Gringos Locos. So that I didn't, I didn't know what WWE was. So there would be tapes, and I was like, man, I love that match. And then they'd be gone, and I'd be like, what happened to that match? It's like, oh, uh, in Spanish, I sold them. So okay. yeah, though I would just have a different influx of tapes. And then when I got older, my uh, my cousin, well, my uncle, I consider him a cousin, but my uncle. Uh, was a big ECW fan, a big indie wrestling fan. So when he stopped liking wrestling, he just gave me all of his ECW tapes, all of his Chikara tapes, all of his um, IWM Mid-South, uh, CZW, Ring of Honor, all of that, everything. Just gave me all of it, and I just started watching it. So I know I was more familiar with Homicide than I was with John Cena growing up. Okay, so you say you, say you got Ring of Honor tapes. Was the Summer of Punk in there? Um, I do, here's the thing. So what I had was I had every show from 2005 okay. at every show from 2005. I had, um, I had James Gibson versus Daniel, Brian Danielson. Um, when he won the title, I had, it was sporadic. I'm pretty sure I, you know, I must've had a couple punk matches there, but I don't remember like that exact 
moment where it was the the start of summer of punk. But I remember him versus Roderick Strong. I remember um, him versus AJ Styles, where AJ Styles hit him with the Styles clash from the middle rope and won. Like a bunch of pure rules matches, Nigel McGuinness, all those people. So I knew I was way more familiar with Ring of Honor. Um, and then um, I was like, you know, I got uh, I, I stopped liking wrestling just for like a little bit. And I was just flipping through the channels one day. And there it was, 2010 Superstars on Sci-Fi. Was it on Sci-Fi? I think it was on the CW or something like that. One of those two, yeah. I saw, you know, Fit Finley and, you know, Teddy Long was coming out every week and like, you going one-on-one with The Undertaker. And (laughs) (laughs) that's when, uh, you know, that's when Christian and Edge were popping as singles wrestlers. So Edge was on TV every week. And Christian was on TV every week and Randy Orton was RKO and people. And it was great. And I was like, oh, shoot, that's the stuff that's on my uh, my grandma's VHS tapes. So then I and then I, I kept watching and then they advertised SmackDown on Friday. And I was like, oh, shoot, SmackDown. Hell yeah. Cool. I'll check SmackDown out. And that's how I got into WWE after that. That's what's up, man. You, you you basically did the opposite of what I what I've known people to do or what I did. You know, you've discovered WWE as a kid on TV. And then as you get older, you know, YouTube's a thing and you just, you, you find, find the indies and the and, more things. Yeah. Yeah. But you like, you just went like the old school way of tape trading and watching all these guys. And then, you know, you take a, a bit of a layoff and you come back and you're watching Randy and Taker and edge and Christian and stuff yeah. like that. That's cool, man. I wish my grandma was a tape trader. That's awesome. I don't know what, I don't know. I just knew she would die for Eddie Guerrero. I know that was like a real thing that she would say, I would die for that man. I would die for Eddie Guerrero. And I'm like, bro, this Eddie Guerrero guy, he's a, he's an asshole. He's, he's beating up, beating Ray Mysterio up on television on, 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 uh, not on WWE, but on the triple A tapes. And I was like, dude, he's beating Ray Mysterio up. That sucks. So <laughs> I, I, I had heard of WWE. I've seen it, but I didn't get into it until I was like way deep into everything else. That's awesome, man. Dude. Hey, Eddie was great. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 my one of my favorite matches. Well, funny enough, so I bro, I'm actually contradicting myself. One of the first matches I saw was uh, Eddie Guerrero. It was Vengeance 2003. Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit versus no, it was Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. I'm done for the U- United States title. It was the first time it was ever being uh, the 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 new one, the new what the one that we all know basically. It was the first time that it would had ever. Uh, been contested for the the remake and i remember the finish where rhino comes out of nowhere he looks like he's gonna gore uh eddie guerrero and he cores against ben wall and then eddie wins but it, i remember that i remember that whole pay-per-view that's the only wwe i had seen at that point um okay. but yeah had an interesting way of finding out what wrestling was it was weird my mom hated it my mom could not stand that <laughs> Well, let's 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 get into your mom's uh, beliefs about wrestling. So you you start uh, training to become a professional wrestler at 14 years old. Uh, Obviously, your mother's like, no, you're you're a kid. You can't do that. You find a school. You say, hey, I'm going to write a letter. And if they allow me, will you do it? And I guess your mom thought they're not going to let you do this. But then they accept you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you do your research. Damn. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But um, yes. Um. That's basically the, how it happened. My mom is a woman of her word, so she let me in the school, but she would just could not believe because, you know, 
I would, I was a kid and I would be like, man, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be a wrestler. And she would just, she would be like, well, look, it says 18 or older. You can't do it. You can't be a wrestler till you're 18. So, you know, find something else. So, you know, as a kid, uh, well, before that I did boxing. So I did boxing cause it runs through my family. It was kind of like the easy thing to do. And then when I started in high school, um, I thought because Jim Ross would always see on commentary, like remember like when Jack Swagger first debuted, he was a tremendous amateur wrestler. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, I'll just be an amateur wrestler and I'll just do it in high school and they'll, I'll go to the WWE. That's how I thought it would work. That's legit how I thought it was. So I was like, okay, so if I do amateur wrestling, I'll win like a, you know, a championship and I'll get signed. That's how, that's how it worked, but no, that's not how it works. So I started doing amateur wrestling freshman year high school. And that's also when I started doing pro wrestling. So I was doing amateur wrestling in high school and pro wrestling all at the same time. Well, so on the guys on your wrestling team in high school, like what are, what are their thoughts about you, you know, training to, to be a pro wrestler? Most of them didn't know, except okay. my buddy, bro. He knew and he was just like, he's a wrestling fan. I don't know how much, uh, how much he is now. I haven't talked to him in a while, but like he, he was a wrestling fan at the time. You know, he, we were all marking out for CM Punk and stuff like that. And we were like, oh, did you see what CM Punk did the Rey Mysterio and all this stuff, you know? Um, but I don't know. They were just like, why are you doing amateur wrestling? This stuff sucks. Do just do that. And I was like, I, I'm already here. I can't just quit the team. So I just, just kept doing it, I guess. That's what's up, man. So, I mean, I, did you did you take to it pretty quickly, the amateur wrestling? Um, I guess, yeah. Uh, it, at first, it was pretty easy, and then it got harder as I got older. Um, but I think the biggest challenge was when I actually started doing matches, like, at 15. That was, like, my first ever match, technically. I have two first ever matches. I have my first ever match in front of people, like just in general, technically. And then what I consider my first real match, but my first match in front of people was at 15 and that show was at eight. And then I had an amateur match that day at two. So I was wrestling, I was winning in amateur competitions and then jobbing later in the night. And then, <laughs> so that's, that's, Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say I took to it cause I, you know, I was good. I was really good, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't Kurt Angle level or anything like that or a standout in amateur wrestling, but I think I, I think I was pretty decent at it. You went to state, right? I almost went to state. Okay. I didn't go to, I almost went to state. I went, um, so I had made it, this is junior year. Okay, sophomore year, I had made it to semifinals, and I lost. And then junior year was probably my best year I ever had, and I made it to the finals of regionals in Florida. And I did a I – I think we had like 15 seconds of the match, and I was so tired, and I thought I was winning, um, which I wasn't. I thought I was winning. Uh, so I did this really, we, 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 it's called a shot in amateur wrestling. Oh, you, you, oh, I forgot you did amateur wrestling. I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, explaining to it's you like, you don't know, but I, I took this just terrible shot, like far too, way too far away. It was like on the, it was almost like 
it was on the other side of the room. I took a shot for no reason. Yeah. And I blew out my hamstring. I just completely ripped it off. Jesus or, Christ. Or my hamstring. And I I felt it and I completed the shot, but I I could not continue. So I got the two. I just couldn't keep wrestling. I was literally limping. They reset us and I was literally limping. I was in the that the ref saw that and just called it off. Oh, so my. he won. So I won. He won by a forfeit. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. I remember I was coaching a kid and he took a shot just like you. He was too far away, completes it, but like he, I think he like popped something at his ankle and like he was done for the rest of the season. It sucked because it was it was the finals of regionals, the yeah. final. That was I would be done for my season at that point. I would be chilling. Okay, until championships. And I I just was just so tired. I was like, I didn't even feel like getting close to him. So I, I just no, I don't know why I took that shot. I always I question it till this day. I'm like, why did I do that? So I just did it and I just felt my right hamstring just completely just blow out. And I was screaming in pain. I was really bad. Jesus Christ. Oh my yeah. god. And uh what sucks after that, after I pulled it. Um, I don't know if I tore it off, but I pulled it really bad. I couldn't walk for it. It was like, it felt like 300 Charlie horses at once. That's, that's what it felt like. And, um, I remember after I healed, uh, immediately after that, I took a hurricane run in training and then almost broke my neck. So I was out after that. <laughs> oh man. So I had just recovered from my hamstring problem and then I got hard again that's crazy so let's get back to the the training at 14 years old so i mean yeah like, um i saw your family at global festival they, they all seem very supportive of what you're doing was was that always the case back then um if i'm honest no uh they were just you know my family is full of athletes but none of like wrestling my co- all my cousins are boxers i have people in volleyball gymnastics um, weightlifting, anything else but pro wrestling. So it was very just like no, I don't know. Like you could do be you could be doing boxing like you were. I was pretty good at boxing too, but it's just mentally if you're not in that a hundred percent, you shouldn't be doing it. If you're not in boxing a hundred percent, you're gonna get hurt. And that's what I was doing. Like I was fighting, I was going into fights like I don't want to do this, and I was just you know I was messing myself up. So I stopped. And, you know, they, they, I wouldn't say they weren't supportive. They were just very, they were just like, I don't know. I don't know if this is it. I know you've been wanting to do this since you were a little kid, but you know, like I, again, I was just working little indie shows. Now they saw me at, you know, global syndicate wrestling and they were like, wow, you're, you know, you're really succeeding finally at this. So that was a cool moment that they got to see me like wrestle that long. Absolutely, man. So but, yeah, I, when you when you start when you start uh, wrestling, start training. Well, first time you get in that ring, like what, what's going through your mind? Like I'm here, I'm doing this. I was scared. I was really scared. I was okay. just like when, like the the tour that I had of the school, they had old, they didn't get let me get in the ring yet. They were just showing me, you know, how training is and just letting me watch. And I just had this like gut feeling, like oh my god. This is real life. This is real. Oh my goodness. What am I doing here? Like, uh, you know, and I was, a, I was boxing at that point. I was getting 
punched in the face. I knew how to fight. And I was scared of taking bumps. I was terrified. I was like, I couldn't believe this. And then the next day, like, I think for like a month, two months, I only did like private classes. So I didn't, I didn't go into immediate training. I, I was one-on-one with the instructor. Okay. Okay. I see. I yeah. Though so they was, I, I kind of got babied in, but eventually they put me into the main class. Just, just let you go for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so at that young of an age, I mean, what kind of a toll does taking bumps on your body? What kind of, what kind of a toll does that happen to your body? Such so, an age? Man, I'm, I'm going to be honest. My body at that point was like, I was like a, it's like a bungee, <laughs> like a bungee cord. Like I couldn't get hurt. I would take it like this is this. I have never told anybody this in any podcast. So this is a first for you. All right. And first for only you. Um, the first thing I ever did when I got into a professional wrestling ring was I climbed the top rope and I swant on myself. It's the first thing I ever did. I didn't shake anybody's hand. I didn't say thank you. I didn't swipe my feet on the ring. I literally climbed the top rope. No questions asked. Swant on myself. It's the first thing I ever did. <laughs> so the, the, it's the, just I always the, wanted. It was oh, yeah, like, yeah, I get it, I get it. But the I owner, was, the, owner the owner of the school, like, what was his what was his reaction like? With the they were just kid? like they literally said, "Get the fuck down!" Like yelling at me. I was like, <laughs> "No, this is, this is amazing." I just did a swanton bomb. Screw you guys. Um, <laughs> but as far at the, at that point, I'm starting to feel it a little bit now. But I don't think that's because of the bumps of me starting early. Um, I think that's just how hard I wrestle and, like, what I do in my matches that I really push myself. But, like, I, dude, I was just like a – I was like rubber back then. So I didn't really feel anything. All the bumps, nothing really ever hurt except, like, you know, when I would, you know, sometimes wrestle with older guys and they just hit the – like, beat the shit out of me. So other than that, like, I, it felt like rubber, but I'm sure, you know, in like three years, it's going to catch up to me and be like, oh, shoot, I've been taking bumps for six years and I'm 20, you know, so, <laughs> so it's like, but, um, but now it's as far as just in general, as far as the bumps and bruises, like, yeah, it really just comes with like how hard I've been wrestling recently, how consistently, and then how long, you know, cause I, we did, I did that, that 20 minute match. Um, and then that match with Jacob Fatu. You know, like that—that's a toll in itself. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm, I'm again. I'm, I still feel great. I'm not even. I'm not. I haven't gotten hurt, hurt or injured in like two years, so that's really good. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome, man. So when you're starting training, like, I mean, I you were a small kid at 14, I would assume, right? Were you, yeah. kind of, were you kind of like, oh, I'm going to try to be Rey Mysterio Jr. or et cetera? Did, did you have any of those thoughts going through your mind? Um, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to be. I know, like, I, that was kind of projected on me at the time because I was 120 pounds soaking wet. So I, I understand. Um, but that's not what I wanted to be. I was trained by luchadors. I was trained by Ricardo Rodriguez. You, you may have known him as uh, the ring announcer for Alberto Del Rio. Yes. Um, but he also was Chimera in, you know, in all the, in, in Mexico and Chikara and he's, he's wrestled Mystico and, you know, all those amazing luchadors. And then I was also trained by uh, Mecha Wolf 450 known as Mr. 450 as well. He's, you know, 
fantastic luchador based out of Puerto Rico. You know, he was WWC champion and all that stuff. So I was trained the old school way of doing lucha, um, not American high flying. Like if you notice for all the super hardcore fans that might be watching this, if you notice when in Mexico, they'll, they'll work the right side. Whereas American wrestlers work the left side. It's very different. It's just that little detail is like a completely different world, but I was taught the right side, which is very untraditional. So I was taught legitimately old school Mexican Lucha by, you know, Ricardo. And then later on by Mecha Wolf. So I know how to do all those things. That's what I was doing. I was doing the crazy arm drags. I was doing the springboards. I was doing the hurricane runners and the head scissors and all that stuff. Literally that's, that was my style. Um, until Jesus, I think he gave me a couple might've been Chikara tapes. And I, I, I just discovered like, I, it just reignited my, uh, my love for technical wrestling because I, I remember I grew up watching Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson. But again, I took that time off where I didn't watch it anymore. So I had kind of forgot like how good they were and how fun it was to watch those matches. And then I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And then I would go back to my grandmother's house and look at those tapes again. I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. This is the style that I want to wrestle in. Um, so yeah, like to this day, I can do springboards. I can do basically anything you, you see a luchador do. I can still do it. I just don't. <laughs> yeah man because people would assume like a person your size all right they're going to be doing all the flippy do's and all the high spots and whatnot but you keep it very mat based and you know i i respect that i i, I love i love that kind of wrestling and uh it's starting to become more of a, a thing now i, I it guess a long time man that has been in a really long time like I feel like the demand for legitimate professional wrestling is like coming back, you know, like there was a time like a year and a half, two years ago, it was all like a lot, very character based. Um, you know, a lot of like the big thing was like, you know, and I love Effie to death, Effie, Warhorse, Alley Cat, like all those, all those types of characters, Danhausen, like that was the big thing, like big kooky characters. Um, now it's kind of coming back to like, ground roots pro wrestling which i love but it, honestly the best thing about this era is that there's flavors for everybody everybody gets what they want if you want to watch character-based pro wrestling you have that fix if you want to watch legitimate technical wrestling you have that fix if you want to watch crazy out of this world um you know uh high-flying american wrestling you have that alley too if you want to watch lucha you have that you want to watch japanese wrestling it's so accessible now Back then, we didn't have that. We just watched one thing, and that was, you know, the thing that we watched. Um, but I, I would say I'm Matt base. Obviously, I, I, I am a technical wrestler, but I, I don't want to box myself as that. I feel like I could wrestle anybody in the world and have an amazing match with them. Any style, that's, like, that's what I pride myself on. I want to put my style against other people's, you know, um, and I think I get the best matches out of that. Absolutely, man. So let me ask you this. So, I mean, you can do all the Lucha stuff. So if there came a point in time when you're in there with a certain opponent, would you break some of that out to kind of throw them off? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, honestly, my mentality is this. There is already so much as far as the saturation of that style 
that people do it way better than I ever could. Right. They do it. You have the Will Ospreys. You have the Ricochets. I can't do what they do. And if I can do it, I'm probably going to do it a lot less, you know, uh, a lot less good than they do. So why even try? But if, if it came like I want to go to Mexico, I want to wrestle in Mexico. If I, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to if I go to Mexico, I'm, I'm definitely going to bust some things out. But I'm also going to stay true to what gets me wins, you know, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You'll, you'll see Robert Marder pull out a moonsault one of these days. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully I'm on the call for it. I'll be there. <laughs> so, I mean, you've also trained with Daniel Garcia, Camp Red Death. What are some of the most important things that Garcia's taught you? Um, I think the biggest thing is aggression. Aggression and just having a game plan before every match. And just genuinely just creativity on how to win. Because I think Dan is the MVP of independent wrestling right now. I don't think there's anybody doing it like him at the rate he's going. Like he he wrestled two nights in the Scenic City Invitational, which is one of the most prestigious in, independent tournaments there is. Made it to the finals, lost. Then the next night, he wrestled Wheeler Yuta in an hour match for the independent wrestling title. Out one hour, they wrestled in probably one of the hottest venues. I think that the venue was like legitimately a hundred degrees inside one hour wrestling. And, and like, he's a limitless champion. He's the ESW champion. I know he's a, he, he's won a couple other belts, but he's got, he's decorated. So I think the biggest thing that I learned from him is just being ring smart, like know where your opponent is at all times, understand the weakness and why that weakness works and not necessarily you'll see a lot of wrestlers target a body part and they'll specifically stay to that one body part my psychology is to destroy a body part to get to one so i'll take that's what i tried to do with uh jacob fatu he wrestled fatu like a week before i did yeah that's the thing i was at i was at that match in san francisco watching uh, garcia and fatu and, Absolutely. And then to see you wrestle him uh, a week later in New Jersey, I'm like, okay, I can see the similarities. So, I mean, did you, did you catch the match that Fatu had with Garcia? And then were you kind of like, all right, I'm going a, I'm to a do this here and this there? Yeah. I mean, I, I studied that match specifically the whole week leading up to my match. Because Dan did a great job. He genuinely did a great job. It was awesome. Destroying Fatu's knee and his foot. He went like bananas on it. He 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 literally worked so hard to take that out of his. I, I guess use the moon salt and use as as big as Jacob Fatu is. Man, he can move, dude. That guy can go. He can move so quick. So taking that leg out, obviously, it's it's probably the most cliche strategy, but it works. Meat and potatoes work sometimes, and he did a great job, but. It wasn't enough. He moonsaulted him and got the win regardless, even with a hurt leg. So my thing was, okay, Dan didn't beat Jacob, but he exposed the weakness. So my goal was, let me expose the leg that worked, you know, a week prior. It's still got to be hurting. And let me get to that arm. Because if he can't pop me up for his Samoan drop, then he can't beat me, in my opinion. And it worked almost. It almost worked. He popped me up and I landed on my feet and I kicked him in the head. But uh, 
needless to say, Jacob Fatu's just different, man. He's like, he's not, it's almost like he's not human. He's like a, he's like a machine, man. Like a legit, I literally did everything right. And I still lost. And that's what I think was the most crushing thing about that match is I did everything right. Um, and look, man, I'm 20 years old. That guy is MLW world champion. I think me hanging with, with him the way I did, I, I can be proud of that match. Absolutely, man. I rewatched it today and it, like, it, it's just, it's good. It, 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 it's, it's very just good wrestling. The crowd was behind it. Guys, go check that out. Night one GSW uh, global festival. It's on YouTube. Let's talk about your, uh, your run in GSW so far. I mean, you've had a couple matches, you've done some vaulted stuff that hasn't aired yet. So we can't really, you know, talk Sweet. about that, but uh, what's, what's the experience been like working with GSW? Well, I really, man, I really enjoy, you know, Alex, Brandon, the, the whole crew. I love them. Um, they have a very good idea of what they want. I think that with more eyes on them, they already have, you know, the type of roster that any promotion would kill for. They got Davey Richards, you know, Josh Alexander, Jacob Fatu, you know, Gio Galvano, uh, Masha Slamovitz, Deanna Perrazzo, Trisha Dora. They have, you know, Jordan Blade. The list goes on and on, man. They Travis Huckabee. I can literally go on about the the the, the roster that they got, man. They, it is literally impeccable. And it, it's always a pleasure to wrestle for them. Um, and I feel like they're really one of the few promotions that genuinely want to build new talent. And I, that's why I, I put so much effort with them. Not to say that I don't put effort with other promotions, but I, I really put my heart in, into every GSW booking because I know, you know, they, they see a future for me in, in that company and they see a future for me in, in pro wrestling as a whole. So if they, you know, they want to pull the trigger on big matches, then uh, that's something that I, I I want to be a part of and look they're they're proving it now they have uh, they they just announced their joint show with lucha memes you know their pure their pure ex lucha show um and i i, I have to believe uh, nothing's confirmed yet but i have to believe that's something i might be on and i'd love to be on because as i just told you my background is in lucha but i'm a pure wrestler so you know we'll, we'll see down the line i've had some great matches i've, I've wrestled yoya um, in my first time at the, I think it was the first high voltage event. Um, feel a couple of voltage matches that haven't aired yet, but if Jacob fought twos is coming out, uh, it's already come out. It's on YouTube. So definitely check that out. But I have a lot of really, really some of my best work in high voltage. It, it is. It, it, I was on the call for it, man. That stuff is, it, it's the real deal. It's legit. We, we really put over like the intensity on your face. You were talking about, that's what Garcia uh, really worked with you on. And uh, yeah, man, if GSW had to book one match for you to have, I'd love to see you with Alexander Hammerstone. Oh man, that would be definitely be crazy. Uh, Hammerstone is Hammerstone is wow. That's a, that's a match I never thought I'd have. I want to sure. Like right now for me, as far as a GSW dream matches, I wrestled Fatu, but like Davey Richards is number one for me right now. I think I, I have to wrestle. I have to wrestle Davey Richards before he goes away. I think that's one match that I need just, just for myself because Davey Richards was such a big part of my journey in wrestling. Like he was one of my favorite wrestlers in ring of honor, like legitimately one of my, him and him and Eddie Edwards in the early days, man, there wasn't a better tag team to me. So, um, 
besides the Motor City Machine Guns, which they've had great matches with. Um, but like Davy Richards having those matches with with a guy like Austin Aries that I would love to wrestle as well. Um, you know, that just Davy Richards is the embodiment of an era that's bygone and he's bringing it back by coming back to pro wrestling. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, I, I think I think I have uh, GSW is going to have a very bright future. If they just keep going the way they, they're going, I think with the amount of talent that that they have and just their vision, GSW is going to get really big. Absolutely, man. It's not even just the talent or the booking, the production. The production is out of this world. It's it's TV level. It's TV level. Yeah. And, and, you know, what other promotion do you see on the independent scene? Even the biggest of promotions don't have the amount of, like, production quality that, that GSW does. You're right, man. GSW, it's going to be a force to be reckoned with here in the near future. But another promotion that you've done some work for is uh, PPW, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and they like to use UWF rules. So now for anybody that doesn't know what UWF rules are, can you explain that? So UWF rules or UWFI is uh, the – I actually don't remember. It. I think it's the uh, Universal Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Uh, and then the I is the international. Uh, but – um, basically it's what we would call hybrid rules. Um, there are no, there are no close fists, um, strictly hands, uh, palm, palm strikes. Um, man, I, I know the rule set. It's just very hard to explain in like a timely manner, but essentially it's, it's very MMA based. It's very grappling based. There's not much high flying. It's very, um, specifically on the mat it's more um a, a more brutal style in my opinion yeah you can win by was it submission tko and points and points yeah those are the only only ways you can win there's no pinfalls at all being an amateur wrestler that must really you know fair for you you know i'm sure you've won a couple matches by points oh i'm actually i don't i might have maybe one or two but i've usually always won my matches via pin but uh that's full. Well, here's the thing that you would think that's good, but for me as an amateur wrestler, it's bad. I can't pin them. I can't cradle them. It always has to be by submission. So, um, good thing like uh, that's why I've been getting into a lot of into catch wrestling and, and things like that and, and working on my submission game. Okay. Okay. What's what's your favorite submission to use right now? Right now, I would have to say my chicken wing. Man, I love the chicken wing cross face, the cross face chicken wing. I, I it's probably my favorite hold um just because it works a various amount of body parts it's not only your trap it's your neck it's your shoulder um and then it's your arm and your elbow and also you're getting choked so it, it's it's pretty much like a a, a four-leaf clover as far as, as as many things as it targets yeah man that's old school not not many people are doing that especially the cross face variation of it yeah, I de like my favorite part is uh, most people go under the chin. I like actually using my wrist bone and grinding their face, and so I can turn their face. Yeah, like in amateur wrestling, when you're running a when you're running a, a cross face cradle, right, right there, right, right, right on that nose. Worst part, it's the worst part because it's on the nose because you have you feel like you have to sneeze, but you don't, and it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never ran them. I've been put in them. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird. Feels weird because when you feel like your bones go across their face, it's just a weird feeling on your hands. But it's nasty. It's nasty. It if, if, you know, pretty. 
It's effective. It's effective. Robert, this has been a great conversation, man. Now it's time for the rapid portion part of the interview. So are you ready? Absolutely. Favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, that's, how can I ask, answer that in two seconds? Um, <laughs> damn. You can Jesus think, man. You can, you can think. It's okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I'll just say favorite wrestler I would like watching right now. I'll put uh, I'll put Harley Race. It's a little who. I'll, I'll say Harley Race as far as all time. He's probably like top five for me. So okay, okay, gonna gonna bust out that Harley Race uh, headbutt anytime soon. Oh no, no. <laughs> told people not to do it. I, I'll take his word. Yeah, be be one of the ones that listens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, favorite match of all time. Favorite Jesus Christ, man. These are like. These are, these are the hardest questions to <laughs> rapidly ask. I thought you were going to ask me, like, what's your favorite Oreo or something? Like, uh, okay, um, man, favorite match of all time. How do I even go about answering that? I can't even answer that. I'll just say uh, for right now, um, shoot, uh, I'll say Homicide and Brian Danielson at Final Battle. That's one I really, really enjoy and I highly regard. So I'll, I'll put that one there right now. That, that's not my favorite of all time, but it's, it's the best thing I can think of on, on the fly. Okay, okay. But this one might be a little easier. Favorite finisher of all time? Favorite finisher? Uh, you know what? You can never, ever, ever go wrong with a good burning hammer. So I'll just I'll pick that. Burning hammer is my finisher. There we go. Kenta Kabashi. I love it. Yeah. Uh, favorite amateur wrestling match. Match. Uh, amateur wrestling match. Damn. Um. Oh man, I can't remember the other dude's name, but it's got it's it's Jordan Burroughs in the 2011 Olympics. Okay. Was it a? We might no, not the Olympics. I'm sorry. It was. Oh, I don't remember. I think it had to be like nationals or whatever, but there's this Jordan Burroughs basically fakes a snap and he blasts double the dude, the dude out of his shoes. Like he literally, his shoe comes off. That's I remember how that. Blast doubled him. And there was like memes about it and stuff. It, it's, it's hilarious. It's pretty funny. So I'll, I'll pick that one. <laughs> okay. Favorite match you've had. Um, For right now, I'll say me versus versus Anthony Green. Okay. At, uh, in Brooklyn, New York, for uh, Industrial World Wrestling, we wrestled about 17 minutes, and now so far that that's been my favorite match I've had. All right. Uh, favorite cheat day meal? Pizza, always and every day. Okay. Well, well, is it pepperoni or what are we doing? Um, I'll say it's either pepperoni or it's cheese with parmesan on it. Okay. Okay. Do you do you think pineapple goes on pizza? Um. I've actually had pineapple pizza, and I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty good. But yeah. I, it's still, a, a, it's still like a very odd concept that somebody was like, "Let me put some pineapple on." <laughs> but I'm, I think it was, I think it tastes, it tastes good. I'll say that it tastes good. It's like a nice little sweet, savory yeah. taste to it. I mean, it it, it complements the pepperoni, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Rob, man, this has been great. Let people know where they can find you. Um, you guys can find me on at the stretcher RM on Twitter and RM is the stretcher and then my name. So two R's and an M. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at death to martyr uh, two is T O. And yeah, that's, that's basically all my platforms. Awesome. Robert, thank you so much. Let, let the people know where they can see you next. What, what are the bookings you got coming up? 
So actually, just as we were having this podcast, I've been announced for the Ted Petty Invitational, IWE Mid-South, September 10th um, and September 11th. And I'm pretty sure I have more of that. Um, oh, I have Pro Wrestling Grind on November 13th. I have a couple other promotions uh, that I'm currently working on locking in down, but you're going to see me a lot in the coming months. So keep it out for that. There we go, man. We got to we got to get you out here to the Bay Area, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm trying to see I've been, uh, Titus Alexander recently, so uh, he's a dude I want to wrestle really bad. Titus, uh, I'm, I'm Titus is the truth, man. He's he's been great out here recently. I want to see you versus him. You versus Starboy Charlie. That'd be awesome. Like I, I I'm trying to get my get my toes in the West Coast Pro, trying to see you know what what's up. Hey, man, Scott Scott's booking dream matches, man. He's got Suzuki coming out here next month. Oh, man. Suzuki versus Garcia. I messaged him as soon as it, as it's announced, and he says he won't believe it's real until he gets in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, we got to get you out here, though. Robert, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I, I feel like-